Thank you for listening to this podcast from Monclova Road Baptist Church. For more information about this message and the ministries of Monclova Road Baptist Church, please visit monclovabaptist.org. We look at this morning, Reaching America, Romans chapter number 10, verse number 1. I love this passage of Scripture. I love what Paul is saying here in Romans chapter 10, verse number 1. The Bible says, Brethren, this is Paul speaking. He says, My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. What Paul is saying is he loved his people. He loved his nation. He loved everything about his nation and his prayer to God and his heart's desire. Uh, think of that phrase, his heart's desire, right? We understand that the, those of us who've had kids, our heart's desire is for our kids to grow up, to love the Lord, to live right and get a good education, to get married to uh, somebody wonderful and, and have kids and, and have a great life, right? We have a heart's desire for that, right? And this is a kind of passion that Paul had for his own people, that desire. And what was it all, this desire about, what was he praying for? For Israel, he says that they might be saved. And I think we could take that passage of scripture here today, and I hope and I trust and I pray that today you can say that you have a heart's desire for the United States of America. Amen. I thank God for the patriotism in this land. I thank God for people who love this country. I thank God as we uh, see uh, different things happening, as we saw there in, in Texas with Hurricane Harvey. Uh, you know, the media sometimes tries to portray America as a certain way, but when the rubber meets the road, we see the true America. Amen? And we saw a lot of wonderful things there in Harvey, and our hearts are stirred. We are not Texans. We are not from Texas. We are not from Houston, but our hearts were stirred, and I know Christians and people around this nation gave to help out with Harvey. And now, of course, today, many are going to have to give to help out because of Irma hitting a uh, Florida, the entire state there of Florida, and all the things going to happen there. And so when one part of our nation hurts, we all hurt. Why? Because we love this country. We love this land. Oh, we love what it represents. We love what it stands for. There's a lot of wonderful things about the United States of America as you travel. And uh, one of the things my wife and I are excited about traveling in this country, we've been to a few places, but we're going to travel the country, and we're going to see the United States of America. We're going to be able to see the majestic Rocky Mountains, and we're going to see the deserts, and we're going to see all sorts of things. And we're actually excited about seeing some of these things that we've never seen or experienced before, never had the joy of seeing those. And as we think of America, there's a lot of wonderful things that we can think about and we can rejoice in as a country. But also as we watch our news, as we watch what's happening in our nation, some of the agendas that are being pushed in this country, pushing us away from traditional families, pushing us away from biblical values, and our hearts are grieved. And many times our hearts can be stirred up with, with anger and resentment, and, and a lot of times we want to lash out. But the greatest thing we can do when we see all of these things happening in our country and we say, why is America going the direction it is? What can we do to see America come back to God, come back to the Lord Jesus Christ? We can be like the Apostle Paul and have a heart's desire for America, a heart's burden for America. And we can pray to God and say, God, 
bring America back to you. And God, help us to do the things that it would take to see America come back to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as Paul says here that his, his desire and his prayer to God for Israel was that they might be saved, our heart's desire and prayer for America ought to be that they might be saved. Amen. That people would come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And we see that the Word of God gives us a way that we can accomplish this. We want to look at a couple of things this morning. First of all, the great command that is given to the church. It's found in Matthew chapter 28. <clears throat> Again, most of you could probably quote this passage of Scripture from heart, know this passage of Scripture, but just because you can quote it from memory, sometimes we glance over this passage and it doesn't mean to us what it should mean to us. But the Bible says in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Because God, because God gave the Lord Jesus Christ power, he told them what to do. Go ye therefore, teach all nations <clears throat> that same people saved, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. It is a command from the Lord for the local church. This is given to the local church. Monclova Road Baptist Church has been commissioned to evangelize, to baptize, and then to, to disciple those so that they too can do the same thing. And you say, well, uh, our pastor tells us all the time that we individually need to go out and, and witness to our co-workers and witness uh, to our community and share gospel tracts and invite people to special services and do all of these kind of things. And <clears throat> your pastor's probably given you uh, invites to special meetings and told you individually to go out and to give those invites to a co-worker, to a neighbor, to a loved one, to, uh, to the mailman, to, to somebody at the uh, grocery store, whatever it might be. And so you say, that commission is given to me that I am to witness to people and share the gospel. Yes, the responsibility is an individual responsibility, but is a commission given to the local church and through the local church. And your pastor, I'm sure, and you've had evangelists come in and you've had all sorts of uh, people come into this church and into this pulpit and said, we need to reach this part of the Toledo area with the gospel of Jesus Christ and they've equipped you and they've taught you and they've encouraged you to go out, but that authority comes through the local church. They say, well, I don't quite see that. Well, it doesn't just say that we are to, uh, to win people to Christ, but it also says we are to baptize. Now, so if you win your neighbor to Christ, you bring them into your house and baptize them in your bathtub? No. What do you do? You bring them to the local church. So the commission is given through the local church. You go out into your communities. We're scattered abroad in our community. We reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then we encourage them to come in to the local church. And you would hopefully introduce them to your pastor and to others in the church. And they would follow up and visit with them and see them get baptized, added under the church, discipled, taught to observe all things so that they too are doing the same thing, seeing people saved, baptized, and added under the church. But what is the Great Commission? Well, the Great Commission, uh, soul winning is just one third of the Great Commission, right? We are to go out and reach people. And I trust you have a burden today. Uh, I thank God for the burden of family. 
When I was 16 years of age, my sister through marriage had a crazy family. They were a crazy family because they were like you, all right? They went to a church just like this, and I didn't, all right? I was unsaved, I was lost, I didn't go to church, and uh, it was a different time as the early 80s, all right? And uh, I didn't want anything to do with church, and these people were crazy. These people were a little weird, a little different. And uh, they had a son about my age, and I, I treated him terribly, and because I, I didn't, didn't want them to come around, and I couldn't understand why. People, when I treated them this badly, why they would keep coming around. It, it was just strange. I didn't understand that. Why is because they had a heart and a burden to see us come to know Christ as our Savior. So I thank God that I was related to my sister and she was related to them because through marriage, they had a heart and a burden and a desire for me to come to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And I thank God at age 16... I came to a church service just like this. I sat in a section about halfway down, down uh, on this side. And our pastor preached a message on Sunday morning. And at the end of the service, he gave a gospel invitation. And it's at that point, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Why? Because of the command to give out the gospel, a burden to reach the lost in our community. And today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're here today. You don't have a clue what I'm talking about. See, I didn't either. When I first came to church, I remember saying to my sister, well, I don't care, I'll just go. And, and I, I wasn't very nice in what I even told her and why I was going to go to church that Sunday. But I thank God I did because I heard the gospel message and I came and I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. See, I didn't know what that meant before. But somebody opened the Word of God that Sunday to me and shared with me how I could know that I'm a child of God. Amen. Not that I could know that I'm a Baptist or know that I, I'm a member of Monclover Road Baptist Church, but that I'm a child of God. See, that's where it all starts. And that's the most important thing, that you are redeemed, you're saved, you're on your way to heaven. You say, Pastor, I still don't get it. I still don't understand how somebody can know. Well, at the end of the service here this morning, Pastor here is going to give an invitation encourage you to come. If you don't know what it means to know that you're on your way to heaven, would you come and let somebody share with you from the Word of God, how you can know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Because the gospel is the most important principle, the most important set of truths that you'll ever know and you'll ever understand and hopefully that one day that you'll ever believe in your own personal life so that you too can be a child of God. See, it all starts with the great commission of soul winning, going out and telling people about Jesus Christ. And the key to church planting, the key for us reaching America with the Lord, uh, with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ <clears throat> is soul winning. And it starts with a burden to reach this area. I thank God. I get excited. I come into a church like this and I see the different things going on. I see the glow on your pastor's face as he's talking about all the different ministries that you're having. And you have those ministries because, yes, you are to disciple, as we see here in this passage. You are to be taught as believers, as members of this church, to observe all things, which means that you learn all the principles of God's Word that you can, and you learn to live them. That's one of the reasons he has these things. But I know another reason he has those things. Some of those men they are going to meet at uh, Chick-fil-A at 7 o'clock on Tuesday morning. I'm sure he'd, be, he'd love to see you bring a co-worker to come along. 
Through that, he might come to know Jesus Christ as his Savior. He invites you to invite somebody else to the Bible study that he's talking about here, uh, the bods for God, amen? And uh, we all could, I'm, I'm almost uh, tempted to stay around a little longer and come to that, amen? Learn to l- eat a little healthier than I have been and, and maybe start exercising. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you have those things. And as Christians, we can grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, but also through those ministries, people can come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, amen? As we invite our friends. And so it starts with a burden to reach Monclova. Because see, how can you have a burden for Alabama and Georgia and California if you don't even have a burden for your own family, if you don't have a burden for your own co-workers, your own neighbors, your your own community to reach them with the gospel of the, the Lord Jesus Christ? So part of the Great Commission is evangelize, which is also teaching all nations. So you, as a church, must teach all nations. You, as a church, must reach the entire world. So that's a little difficult for you to do, isn't it? Could you imagine your Sunday school class hour? We are going to take one of you and put you in every nation of the world. Well, you wouldn't even cover all the nations of the world, all right, uh, if we tried to do that, all right? And, uh, and besides, if we could, you'd have one person in each nation, all right? And so that, that's not really going to cut it uh, by us scattering Monclova Road Baptist Church around the world to reach some of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what do we do? Your church has missions conferences and missionaries come in and you support world evangelism and we expect those missionaries to go to a foreign country to plant a church to see people come to know Jesus Christ as their savior see that church established as that church grows we then expect a missionary after so many years to go out and start another church and so they go out and maybe they'll take one of the men from that church and go out to a village nearby or to the next city over the next town over and they will reach that town uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ and start another church over there and we get we get excited amen over in Kenya we're starting a church here we're starting a church there and they start a church there and they start a church there I know a good man in Kenya and he just came and he was sharing with us and all the churches in his ministry that they started with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that speaks to my heart because I think, okay, I'm a pastor here in the United States of America. How many churches have we started? We're expecting him to go there. We're expecting them to start churches. What are we doing here? And so the way that we can accomplish the commission that is given to us here in Matthew 28 is that we evangelize our community. Then we evangelize communities like Dundee and Bowling Green and Ann Arbor. And how do we do that? We're going over there, bringing the gospel and planting a local church to reach that community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Part of the Great Commission is to baptize, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And part of the Great Commission is mobilized, teaching them to do observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So the totality of the Great Commission is church planting and nothing short of it. Because yes, you as a member of Monclova Road Baptist Church could go out into the community this week, reach somebody with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can come in next Sunday with that individual, introduce them to your pastor. Now, I don't know how you do things here, but maybe your pastor, for a sake of illustration, next Sunday baptizes them, all right? And then the following Sunday, they come back and join a Sunday school class and they're being taught the Word of God, and you have fulfilled the Great Commission. Well, you have done your part locally. Yes, you have, and praise God for that, and that's a wonderful thing. 
And every member of a local church ought to be doing that. But you've not fulfilled the Great Commission. How come? Well, it says all nations. So you're doing your part here. McClover Road Baptist Church. You're doing this, your part here in this part of Toledo. But again, what about other parts? What about other communities? What about other states? What about other uh, nations? For them to come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. The way we do that is we got to get the gospel there. How do we get the gospel there is by God using us. Now, again, Monclover Road Baptist Church, we'll look at this in a second, could start churches in this area. And then there's a churches in Georgia that can help start churches in their area. And as we keep doing that across America, listen, uh, uh, the, the, the last election, you know, we had uh, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Right? And a lot of people looked at that and said, oh, oh, on both sides, right? They're like, oh, what are our choices? And the sad thing is the average American looks at one of those two to save America. And they're not going to. I don't care which one gets in. I don't care which one replaces uh, President Trump down the road. Uh, I don't care what party that you support and you back behind. They're not going to bring America back to God. Bringing America back to God is because of churches like this one reproducing and starting new churches and those churches reproducing and starting new churches and as we saturate america again with the gospel of jesus christ and we see people saved and baptized and brought into churches just like this one and they're going out and seeing people saved and baptized and brought into churches like this one we will see America be brought back to God, a love and a passion uh, uh, for them to have a heart for God. And guess what? Politicians will be tripping over themselves to start passing laws that line up with the word of God. Why? Because the people of America will want those values back again in our nation. They'll want to see our nation living for God. And why will the politicians be tripping over themselves to go back to biblical principles? Because they want to get reelected. Amen? And that's all they care about. And so as we see people come to know Christ as their Savior, as we see this nation won back to Christ, and hopefully through all of that, we'll also see men and women of God say, I want to run for office. And they will truly bring the gospel. They'll truly bring the principles of God back uh, to Washington and see this nation turned around uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul had a heart for Israel. He was praying for Israel. He wanted to see Israel get saved and, and come to know Christ. And then God gave us the Great Commission and told us what we need to do. And so each church is given the Great Commission of what they are to do. Well, how are we to do it? Again, another very... uh uh common, uh, well-known pastor scripture, Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, the church's cause is planting churches. Christ told the local church where they are to plant churches. And it says here in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, the very beginning is the most important. But ye shall receive power after, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I know your pastor has a pastor's heart. And if your pastor is the pastor's heart that is led and guided by the power of the Holy Spirit, that's why a lot of things happen at this church. I understand that. I know that. I've been a pastor for almost 20 years. And as God gets a hold of a pastor's heart, certain things happen. Maybe uh, people are helped. Different ministries are started. Things happen because God gets a hold of his heart. Why? Because he's being spirit-led. 
And when God gets an entire church like this one, gets a hold of your heart, and we are being led by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. I tell you, my favorite passage of Scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, where Paul asked three times for the thorn in the flesh to be removed. And God says, no. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul says he'd rather glory in his infirmities. How many here has said, hallelujah for my infirmities? Right? I, I'm getting old. Not as old as Mike here, but I'm old. And, uh, you know, I, I get up now in the mornings and my feet hurt. And we live in a trailer, fifth wheel trailer now. And the stairway is a little narrower than I'm used to. And you know what I'm doing in the mornings? I take one step at a time. That's embarrassing. Why? Because my feet are hurting, all right? And once I get moving around and, and everything else, uh, I, I start feeling okay and I loosen up and, I, and, 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 I'm, and I'm okay and I, and I get going and, and, I, and I'm fine. But I tell you, it, it gets a little hard sometimes just to get, uh, to get going. And, uh, you know, here's how about the power of the Holy Spirit of God upon us. And Paul said that the, I glory in my infirmities. Now, I've never gotten up yet and said, Hallelujah, I have to walk like an old man down the stairs. All right? But Paul said he gloried in his infirmities. Why? That the power of Christ would rest upon him. Imagine the power of Christ getting on Monclover Road Baptist Church. What this church could accomplish for God. Now, I'm not saying you guys aren't accomplishing anything for God, but the more and more of you, as you get the power of the Holy Spirit, you get walking for God, you give your heart and life, as, as, as Paul tells us in Romans chapter number 12, that we lay ourselves as a living sacrifice upon the altar as we give our hearts and lives over to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, here am I, what would you have me to do? The power of Christ comes upon this ministry, and I believe great things can happen. And so what is he saying here? As the Holy Spirit of God came upon the church in Acts chapter number 1, it says, what will happen? Ye shall be witnesses. So if we have the Spirit of God upon us, we cannot help but witness. That's what this verse is telling us here. And where does it tell us to witness? Both in Jerusalem, Judea, and in Samaria. All right. And so what's that talking about? Jerusalem, of course, is the, the, the home, the capital city of, of, uh, Israel. And right now, your capital city right here. Amen. This is where God's called you. <clears throat> this is where you live. This is where you function. And so, uh, the Monclova Township, Monclova area is, uh, where this church is established. And this is your Jerusalem. Then your Judea would be like your state. Amen. And reaching the rest of, uh, uh, Ohio and, uh, Samaria. Amen. Is where the, uh, all those Michigan fans are up in Michigan. Let's say, all right, the, those backslidden Michigan fans, amen, and uh, they're up there, and uh, we got to win them. Uh, I, I lived in Michigan, by the way, in Lambertville, and people ask me, well, why do you pastor in Ohio and live in Michigan? I said, well, you got to live amongst the heathen in order to reach them, amen, and uh, now nah, I'm just kidding, all right, I'm just kidding, all right, but uh, uh, so, uh, uh, but uh, you got Samaria, and so you are to be a witness here in Monclova. You are to be a witness in Ohio. You are to be a witness in Samaria, into Michigan and Indiana. 
How on earth are you going to do that? How, how are we going to do that? Are you going to have church here one Sunday and then maybe over in Bowling Green next Sunday and up in Ann Arbor the next Sunday? No, you can't do that. You need to have a gospel light and God's planted this church and thank God for Monclover Road Baptist Church. But now Monclover Baptist Church has got to reproduce itself and start a church in another community. Delta, Swanton, Bowling Green, New Baltimore, Ann Arbor, Dundee. There's so many communities that we can look at and focus on and say they need a gospel witness or they need more of a gospel witness. Amen. We're not going to just see one church in every community. If we said that, then listen, we could close this church down because there's already an independent Baptist church in Toledo. There was already an independent Baptist church in Toledo before this church was started. So we might as well just shut her down and let that first one, the first independent Baptist church, and I don't know which one that is, all right, but uh, let that first independent Baptist church in Toledo cover Toledo, and we don't need any more, right? Well, we know that's not true. We can look around this city and see just in this city the need for more churches. I think of the inner city of Toledo, what great need it has for churches. And you can go drive around the city and find a need for uh, local churches. You know, our church, the Liberty Baptist Church there on Jackman, just south of Alexis, we had four families coming from Oregon to our church. You know what we were not doing? Reaching Oregon. Now, yeah, we had four families coming from Oregon, but we didn't have the resources. We didn't have the manpower. We did not have the time to go to Oregon and evangelize Oregon and bring them to Liberty Baptist Church. And you know what else was not going to happen? The people of Oregon as a whole were not going to come to Liberty Baptist Church. And I promise you, you guys can have an influence in Oregon, and there might even be some people here from Oregon, and hopefully there is. Amen. That'd be wonderful. But I guarantee you one thing. You are not going to reach Oregon, Ohio with the gospel from Monclova. We need to see churches established in that in those areas. And so we went and reproduced ourselves and started a church there. And now, praise God, there's a church going there. And as I mentioned in the first service, your church is able to be a blessing. Amen. As you're enjoying your new seats, they're enjoying your old ones. Amen. And and I know the pastor there is very excited that he got those chairs and uh, praising the Lord for that. And the church is doing wonderfully. And we thank God. But there's a church established now in Oregon that is reaching people in that area. And we need to see more churches. And again, Perrysburg, and we can go on and on and the different communities. And many of you could think of communities in your own heart and mind right around us that we can be involved with seeing churches started there uh, for the honor and glory of Christ. So Christ gave the local church the area to reach with the Great Commission. He's given us our own community. He's given us communities around us. He's given us our states, and he's given us our nation to reach with the gospel. We are told in Acts chapter 1, Verse number eight, both Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost part. Amen? Now, the average independent Baptist church does great on their own community, and they do great in world evangelism. So we reach Monclova area with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we send missionaries to Africa and China and different countries, India and so forth. Uh, we send them across there. What about the in-between? What about all the other areas that God has called us to? that we need to be burdened for, that we are responsible to God to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God had to bring about persecution in the early church in Jerusalem. That very first church in Jerusalem, it was growing. It was doing great. It was vibrant. It was exciting. 
I'm sure your pastor, I know I would have loved to have been the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Jerusalem. Amen. And uh, so they're there in Jerusalem and it's growing and the things are going great. But God commanded that they go out to the other communities. And they didn't. They stayed home. And so God had to encourage them. Now, I hope God doesn't have to do that in America today. I believe we're starting to see some signs where we are seeing religious persecution in our land, in our nation. They're wanting to pass laws that would make it harder and harder for us in this country to preach the Word of God and to start churches and to stand on biblical principles and and speak them publicly. They're making them harder and harder. But here in Jerusalem, they, they brought in true persecution. Where they came in and killed my, a bunch of the men, and the women and children were left out on the streets with nothing. And if other members of the church didn't bring them in, they would have starved to death out on the streets. And uh, real persecution came. So what happened was, and you can imagine, if real persecution came to Monclova, as some of you might scatter around and Go to Bowling Green and up to Dundee and Ann Arbor and uh, over to Oregon and different parts of the state or maybe over to Indiana. Some of you might just flee as far as you can. <clears throat> go into Canada if you uh, don't go there. They're <clears throat> more liberal than here. But anyway, uh, 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 you know, go down to Florida. Well, I guess you wouldn't want to go there right now either. But, uh, uh, you know, different parts of the country, you're scattering around and fleeing this area because of the great persecution. That's what was happening in Jerusalem. They scattered around. They're spread abroad, the Bible tells us. Now, we get that. We understand that. So what did those people do? You know, it's a sad thing, and I don't know if your pastors ever experienced this, but I have. People leave, they move. Okay, God calls, uh, or God gives a person in this church a new job, and the new job, let's say, is in Tennessee. So off they go to Tennessee. And your pastor says, hey, I know of a great church in that community. Let me give you the information to that church in that community. And they go to that community, and they uh, get there, and the pastor sees them a year later. How's it going? Well, you know, we got there to that new community, and we had to find schools for our kids, and we had to get them enrolled in sports, and, and uh, you know, I had to get settled in my job, and we had to find a house and so forth. And five years later and ten years later, they're still not in church. And what a sad thing that can be sometimes. They get away from here, get away from home, and... They don't get back into those things. And I encourage you, if God ever moves you on, make that a priority in your life. But here they are. They're scattered from the church in Jerusalem. Now, if you went to Tennessee, your pastor could find you a pastor and a church there, and you could go. When these guys scattered, every community they went to, there was no church. The pastor couldn't give them a a phone number, couldn't give them an address, couldn't give them a name, couldn't give them anything. They went to all of these communities, and there were no churches to be found. So the apostles, though, are not scattered. The the, the people, the, the members are scattered. And the first church planters uh, sent out to go around to all of these uh, communities were sent out from that first church in Jerusalem. Amen? And that's why it's important for churches like this one to not just be praying, God, help us to see a new church started in Dundee or whatever community that you're praying about or whatever area you're praying about. You can't just say, God, help us start a church there. What you need to start a church is a pastor for that church. So you need to be praying, God, help us to see a church started here. And God, give us a man. God, bring somebody alongside that can help us to plant 
and establish that new church. Help us to reproduce ourselves into that community and see a new church established. And that's what's happening here in uh, in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 8, verse number 4, they went everywhere, the Bible says. And so they didn't go everywhere and find out what sports they can put their kids in and find out what school they're going to put their kids in and, and find the nicest home for them to live in. The Bible says in Acts chapter number 8, verse number 4, they went everywhere preaching the word. And what does that mean? They went everywhere telling everyone about Jesus Christ. So they were continuing the Great Commission. Amen? That's exciting. So they were in Jerusalem, seeing people saved, seeing people baptized, added under the church, and discipled and taught to do all things. And so that's all they knew. And so they they get scattered, and they go to the next town over, and they start doing the same thing. They're seeing people saved. They're preaching the Word of God. But again, in order to preach the Word of God and to fulfill the Great Commission— you're scattered, you're sent out, so your pastor uh, ordains you and sends you out, and, and he tells you, listen, persecution is coming here, and I'd encourage you to go to Pennsylvania. And so you go out to Pennsylvania, and you're now in Pennsylvania, and you're preaching the word, and how are you going to fulfill the Great Commission in Pennsylvania? Start a church, it's the only way, right? Because you got to see him saved baptized and added unto the local church. He might say, all right, listen, neat, I, I, Dane, you and I, I'm going to send you off up, uh, up to Ann Arbor. And what are you going to do there? You're going to fulfill the Great Commission, which means you got to preach the word. you got to share the gospel. you got to see people saved. But you'll never fulfill the Great Commission unless you establish a church there up in Ann Arbor. And so that's what they were doing. Well, what are the results of all of this? Persecution comes to the nation or to this church in Jerusalem, and they're scattered abroad. Now, I'm thinking, if I lived in that day, what would I do? They're killing Christians in Jerusalem. So, we'll go from Monclova to Dundee. Well, if they're killing Christians in Monclova, do you think they might come to Dundee eventually? So I might think to myself, I am going to be an undercover Christian, right? In other words, you, nobody will know unless you uncover it, all right, that I, that I am one, all right? And I might keep it to myself. I might say, listen, I lost family members and loved ones in Monclova. I'm, I, I, I got out of there. I am done with it all. What did the early church do? What did these early believers do? Well, it says in, in chapter 8, that they went everywhere preaching the gospel, so they didn't keep it hidden. They weren't afraid. They, they, they weren't stopping to live for God or not loving the Lord Jesus Christ anymore. They kept doing what God had called them to do and commanded that they do. And what does it say in chapter 9, verse number 31? It says the results of all of this is that it says they had rest, uh, the churches had rest throughout all Judea, Galilee, Samaria, and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord, and the comfort of the Holy Ghost was upon them. What does it say there in, in chapter 9, verse 31? Churches. The church was scattered, and churches were started. They continued to fulfill the Great Commission. They didn't hide. Now listen, we don't live in a day of persecution. I believe America, Christianity in America, is waking up. 
I think we become complacent. We went from the 80s where we were all meeting in uh, storefronts and schools and everything else, and God has blessed Christianity in America, and many churches, hallelujah, praise God, have buildings like this. That's wonderful. That is fantastic. I'm not against that whatsoever, but we've gotten comfortable. We've gotten complacent in that. I, you know, you read the history of the 80s, and churches were being started everywhere. And I think we've gotten away from that to now let's just build our own ministries. What was happening at the Church of Acts is that as they scattered, churches were being established. And I would love to see Monclover Road Baptist Church continue to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. I'd love for you to have to knock out walls and add more seating and, and add more staff. And all of that is fantastic. And I believe it still can be done today in 2017 in the United States of America. But we need to get a fire in our bones and a passion in our hearts to not just build this ministry, but to reproduce ourselves and start churches and communities around us. And listen, I do believe we can fulfill the Great Commission and still see Monclova Road Baptist Church grow. Still see Monclova Road Baptist Church become a, continue to be a great church that God has established here. But as we do that, we can be involved with helping reproduce churches in other communities. How can you help in starting churches in other communities? There's a couple things. First of all, you can be involved. Uh, I have helped, I've led our people many times to go to a new church plant. And what we do in these church plants, the week of meetings that you heard about in the, in the video, that week of meetings is showing a new community, this is the kind of church we're establishing. And so you might be asked to come and help hand out gospel literature to invite people out. And then you might ask to come on the Monday night service and bring some special music or bring an usher or bring some nursery workers, bring some refreshments, amen, for after the service. And uh, you're involved by helping a church reproduce itself with a new church your pastor says, listen, we are behind this, giving credibility to that new work. Your church is involved with seeing that new church established, and God will bless you for it. But also what every church needs to be doing is praying, God, what would you have us to do? And as you're praying and seeking God's will, a church over here might, God might lead them to a man, and so they're establishing a church, and you help them. And then God brings you a man and you establish a church and others come and help you. And as we're helping one another, working together for the cause of Christ, what we're seeing is churches being established all over the area. And not only just all over this area, all over the United States of America, as churches like this get a heart for reproducing themselves and seeing a new church being established Churches reproduce churches. It's the bottom line. As I said at the very beginning, we have no authority to start a church. I've heard organizations say that we go around starting churches, but we, we have never started a church. What we do is we will come, if your pastor would so desire, and we come alongside and help you organize and do the work that is involved in starting a church, but only Monclover Road Baptist Church can start a church. And so can other local churches can start a church. We come alongside and help. We come alongside and encourage. We come alongside and, and assist. But the whole time, if we're helping Monclover Road Baptist Church start a church, 
and I'm the one heading up the project, you know who's in charge? Your pastor. Nothing is done without his knowledge, without his okay, as he works with the men of the church and as he talks to you as a church. Why? You are the ones with the authority. You are the ones commissioned to start churches, not us. Churches reproduce churches. And I pray that this church would get a desire, just like a young couple. Amen? They get married. My my daughter just got married back in May. She said to us, we don't want to have kids right away. We just want to get married. We want to adjust to the uh, marriage thing. And guess what she said three weeks later? I'm getting the itch. And we're like, oh, no. <laughs> Part of us are like, woo, another grandkid. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, why? It's just a natural thing, isn't it? You get married. You get established in that home. And to have that desire for a child. It's a normal, natural thing. And we all rejoice in it. Amen. Young girl comes up to church. Guess what? We're expecting a baby. And everybody gets all excited. Well, that is an exciting time. It's a wonderful time. But it's just as exciting for you to be able to say, you know what? Our church helped that church get started. And that church get started. And that church get started. And you start thinking about them as your own children. As your own family. It's exciting. It's wonderful. And God can use this church to accomplish the great commission as churches reproduce churches.